Welcome to Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster podcast, presented by Sloan. I'm your host, Ryan Dempster, and we've got a good one for you today, folks, as we talk to a pair of former Cubs, Derek Lee and the Hall of Famer Greg Maddox are joining the show. You can see these interviews also as a part of our weekly show every Friday on Marquee Sports Network. In addition to listening to them there, you can listen to them here on the pod. So join us each week as we talk to some of the biggest names in the game, both past and present, along with some of the former players who had more moderate success throughout their careers. That's right. We don't discriminate. You can be a star or a scrub. We like everybody. We just want good interviews. We'll also interview comedians, actors, musicians, um, many others with no baseball playing experience whatsoever. So tune in to Off the Mound podcast with Ryan Dempster right here, presented by Sloan. Our first guest today, uh, I played with this guy for 12 years in the major leagues. He had a, a wonderful career. He was a 2005 batting champ. He's a two-time all-star, a three-time gold glove winner, and a 2003 World Series champion with the Florida Marlins, former Chicago Cub first baseman, Derek Lee. D. Lee's in the house. What's up, D. Lee? I'm doing good, Dem. Good to see you, man. Um, good to see you. Crazy times. We're doing a Zoom interview, but uh, good to see you, man. Yeah, everything good. Christina and the kids are all well. Everybody's great. That picture you sent the other day was amazing, by the way. <laughs> Time flies, doesn't it? Oh, my goodness. You know, you get you picture kids the last time you see them then you see a photo and they're like a foot taller. It's amazing. You know, times like this when we reflect on just life in general, but your career, you know, do you, do you give yourself an opportunity every once in a while to just kind of uh, as the further you've got away from it, to look back and just uh, be proud of ex you know all the things you did on the baseball field, winning a World Series, winning a batting title, um, being a you know a model teammate day in and day out. I hope you do give yourself that opportunity because you had an incredible career. You you know what's cool about the kids is um, my son's at that age where he's really starting to enjoy baseball, and up until this last year, he didn't he like he liked playing, but he didn't really enjoy watching. But now he's getting to the point where he's falling in love with the game and he wants to watch and he's pulling up my highlights and it's been really fun kind of going back watching highlights with him and you know explaining different you know showing him the world series highlights and he's like dad you want a world championship you know so those moments have been really cool and uh kind of fun to relive with with my son yeah like before that there i same way with brady it was like Wait a sec, man. You know your dad actually played in the big leagues. Like, yeah. I can help you with a, few, with a few things if you want the advice. He, you know how it is. They don't want to listen to dad. It's like, see that trophy over there, son? I won the batting championship. <laughs> I, I know a little about a little bit about hitting, but he wants to listen to everyone else. But that's just how it goes. Dude, that year um, in 05, you had a monster, monster year. Like. Um, you know, you always had the power, you could hit doubles, but um, what do you think, you know, in 05, what led to breaking out and winning that batting title? Was there something you did that offseason or that season, or did just balls just fall in like they never had before? You know, coming to Chicago was a um, huge deal for me. Um, I really got a chance to be around people who kind of understood what type of hitter I was. Dusty Baker as a manager, um, I had known him my whole life, and he was very instrumental, uh, mainly mentally. And then being around guys like Sammy and Moses and um, Nomar and even Aramis, just um, kind of picking their brain, 
them giving me advice here and there. Um, just kind of mentally, I think more, I started to understand myself, started to understand what pitchers were trying to do to me. And 05 was just one of those years where it all clicked in. Now I'm going to take you a little, see if you can go down a trip down memory lane. Do you remember your, your last game of the year, uh, your last at bat, and who you, had a, who you faced that last at bat and what you did? I do not. I know we. I know it was in Houston. I know. Yeah. I know it was in Houston. I I, I, I feel like I, I remember it was the seventh life. inning. I feel like I found it out. It was Chad Qualls. You flew out to right field, deep right field. Flew up. I remember that. And then yeah, and I, then I, 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 trust me, I look back on those numbers and say, how did I not get one more, <laughs> one more hit? <laughs> I think I. Had, I think I had 99 extra base hits as well. I'm like, yeah, you know, 100 and 200 you, just you sounds a little better. You absolutely pulled that year. <laughs> I mean, you, you raked every year, but that year was incredible. And then on top of that, top of the ninth inning, and they had Brad Lidge in, and we ended up having the bases loaded, and Jose Macias was up. And I remember this because I knew you were on 199. And we were so all you, you remember this? You didn't look this up? No, I remember this. I when I was looking up That's stuff amazing. and I was going down memory lane, and I remember this because we wanted you to get two hundred. Everybody was pulling for you to get that hit, and he hit a line drive to the second baseman to end the game. We were like, "Oh no, man, you're on deck." I'm like, "This." So, is, oh. You you remember this, and you knew at the time I was sitting on one ninety nine. Yeah. See, that's I had nothing else to do, me. man. I would. It, it, <laughs> That's impressive. Starting pitchers, we got nothing but time, man. I'm researching all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Checking out the stat sheet every day. 2003. Um, you know, I had a chance in 2013 to, to do that. So I, I can, you know, kind of have that same feeling of winning a World Series. What was it like for you? Even further back, you know, the Bartman game. You guys are down, you know, sitting here down in the series and there's no way that this is going to happen. And all of a sudden that happens. And then you win the series, and then and then you go to New York and just you know kind of take over the Yankees because at that point it was just destiny to win. Well, let's go back a year now when you and Cliffy in '02 got traded. And oh yeah, I remember crying in the lobby. You, for the those of you who don't remember, Dimp was our best pitcher, and Cliff was our best hitter, and they both got traded at the deadline, I believe, and we were. You know, the team was just upset, frustrated, felt, felt like we were going the opposite direction. So to be in the position we were in 03, um, and you know, Dump, we had some rough years from 98 to 02. But, uh, you know, we brought in Pudge. Um, we made a manage, managerial change. Um, I think it was May of that season. And things just started to click. We had some young pitching. We brought Dontrell Willis up and Miguel Cabrera. Um, it was just one of those teams. We had a bunch of baseball players, you know, guys just really knew how to play the game, got after it every day. And, you know, we found ourselves in the playoffs and you know how it goes. Once you get in the playoffs, the hottest team can win, not necessarily the best team, but we got hot. We had great pitching. Um, we had contact guys at top with speed who knew how to get on base and, you know, generate confusion out there on the base fast and make it easy for us. Three, four five guys to just hit a ground ball and get an RBI. Um, it was definitely the highlight of my career. Um, just, I mean, you know, I can't imagine doing it in Boston. Wish we could have done it in Chicago, but uh, to have a World Series ring is the ultimate. Well, you were 
the ultimate teammate, man. I got to play with you for, for 12 seasons, more than anybody I ever played with. Um, I always looked up to you for the way you handled yourself out on the field, um, but more how you handled yourself off the field, man. You were a tremendous human being, and I just, I'm glad you came on today and joined us here on Off the Mound, and, and thanks so much for the time, D. Yeah, man. I wanted to say this about Ryan. You guys, you know, he's doing Off the Mound, and he's one of the funniest human beings I've ever met, but you know, ultimate guy keeping the clubhouse loose. But what people don't know about Ryan is how intense he is, you know, and how big of a competitor he is and how hard he works. This guy would go run like, uh, you, what would you do? Like five, six mile runs? At like yeah, I had to sweat, out, I had to sweat out those pitches. I mean, you know, so you guys, um, like Ryan said, we were teammates for 12 years, by far one of the best teammates I had. Um, the way he handled the situation with his family late in his career was you know, to this day is an inspiration. So uh, happy to be on your show, man. And anytime I got your back. Awesome, man. Well, my best to Christina and the kids. And uh, we uh, we hope we see you really soon, man. Uh, out at Wrigley Field, where we all want to be. Yes, sir. Good to see you, man. Uh, that was great to catch up with my former teammate, Derek Lee. Always great to see D. Lee. Um, hear him talk about how his son's watching old highlights with him. I think that's pretty cool. You know, it's always good to just show your kids a little bit of how good of a ball player you were, D. Lee, and here is a really, really good one. Um, and that 2005 batting title trophy, that carries a ton of weight in that household, I, I guarantee you that. Um, anyways, our next guest needs no introduction. I could reel off a thousand stats, but I'm not going to do it, so let's just get right down to it. This is my conversation with Hall of Fame pitcher, Greg Maddox. Doggy, how are you today, man? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Nice. Uh, in Vegas, I'm guessing? Safe? Sound? Yeah, Vegas, we're doing good. We're safe. We're, uh, you know, lucky enough to play a little golf in the morning and then uh, just quarantine the rest, you know, till bedtime. Uh, you know, a lot of Netflix, uh, you know, we got three dogs. What are you going, you know? what are you going to on huh? Netflix right now? What's your go-to? Uh, well, I tell you what, I'm really enjoying. I'm re-watching Game of Thrones and having a good time watching that again. Yellowstone was pretty good. Uh, yeah, we're watching uh, Luther. As long as people are dying, we're in. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is kind of a weird time right now. No baseball going on. Um, what would you What would you be doing if you were a pitcher right now and you, you know, you didn't have the ability to to be practicing and being ready for the season? What would you be doing yeah. to stay in shape? I think I would be doing what I do in January. You know, the, um, a month before spring training, I would try to, uh, you know, play some long toss. And if I can get on a mound, you know, once a week, I'd do that. I just treat it like January until until the phone rings and say we're going to start back up again. And I remember the uh, lockout year. Didn't we have like a two week spring training? I think it was. So, uh, uh, you know, you're going to have to get ready pretty quick once the bell rings. And, uh, you know, you probably want to continue to throw. Um. The game today, you know, you see it, you watch it on TV, the way it's talked about with uh, analytics and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. You were a guy that, A, you made every start all the time. But wins, you went 17 straight years of winning 15 games. Um, why, why do you think the wins are devalued as far as analytics go? And do you feel like they're just as important for the starting pitcher? Well, we had analytics when we played. We just didn't have a name for it, you know. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, we 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 used our 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 
previous games. We watched video. We just didn't have everything written down and, and handed to you. So, uh, uh, you know, I think the analytics are great. I think you still have to have some kind of command of the baseball to pitch to them. You know, you can be the smartest guy in the world, but if you can't throw the ball where you're trying to throw it, you know, kind of what good is it? And, uh, uh, you know, I think the pitchers that I watched today, uh, the ones that locate and change speeds the best are, are the ones still winning, <laughs> you know, just like 20 years ago. Yeah. So, uh, All the guys you played with, I probably know the answer to this, but maybe you got somebody different. Best, who is the best golfer you that that you play baseball with out on the golf course? Uh, easily Smoltzy. I mean, uh, you know, Smoltzy's just got game. He's got a short game and he can hit it far. He was playing a three-on-one against us back in the day. It'd be like me, Glavin, Avery against Smoltzy. Uh, <laughs> pretty impressive what he's done with his golf game. Yeah, and and equally as impressive as what he's done with his hair. You see, he took it all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> I see it. I, I get a laugh every time. All this extra time, I need to go up in the uh, in the garage and, and find uh, the old pictures I took. I used to take one of the top of his head at the end of the year <laughs> on the on the back of the plane. <laughs> I'd sneak behind him and get a picture of his bald spot growing. And I think I got about worth on there. So it'd be fun to find those and I don't know, maybe put them on uh, Twitter or something. <laughs> oh man, the evolution of a career hairline. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, you know, I was looking, just looking at your numbers and going through things and, you know, for all the young guys out there that, you know, are maybe feeling like that they're, they're not quite where they want to be. I saw the year you had in Chicago, your, your first full year, your second year in the big leagues, you know, it was a struggle and, you know, a five ERA, you know, a bunch more losses than wins. And then all of a sudden you turn it around. What or who, or what was the biggest difference that you made at that point in your career that kind of changed the trajectory of, of Greg Maddox's career? Well, I think uh, my first year, I really struggled with my changeup. You know, I, I didn't have the ability to pitch slow very well. And uh, after that year, I went to winter ball with the help of Dick Pohl, uh, worked hard on my changeup and my changeup got better. And then, you know, I was able to uh, throw something other than a fastball. And, you know, that was probably the biggest difference in, in, in those first two years. Yeah, it's so simple, right? Just changing speeds, location and changing speeds. Yeah. Easier said than done, but that's all you got to do. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, so we were talking uh, before this, uh, your daughter is doing work uh, for the COVID-19, the coronavirus stuff with the, um, what, what hospital is again down in San Diego? Uh, Rady's Children's Hospital. It's mostly for kids with cancer. Uh, uh, not a lot with the virus, but there is some, but uh, she's been doing that now for about five years. And, uh, you know, we, I know we donate a lot of money down there. It's a very good cause. And, uh, uh, you know, as far as the COVID thing, there's, there's stuff locally here in Las Vegas that, you know, you make sure you always add, add a little extra at the end of the bill on your credit card and, and it goes to those to help. And, uh, uh, you know, just fortunate that, uh, we're in a position to be able to help right now. And, and you know, we're, we're, we're doing things and, uh, you know, we just hope, we just hope we can hurry and get through this thing. All right. Well, uh, here with us at off the mound, um, we want to do that too. We want to be able to give back. So, um, we're going to donate, 
$1,000 to both the Radies Children's Hospital down there in San Diego and um, also to, I know Dexter Fowler is doing some great things there in Las Vegas with helping to feed the hungry. I know you're a Las mm -hmm. Vegas resident. I see you rocking the Las Vegas hat there, the Golden Knights yeah, hat. So, um, yep. so we're going we're gonna to send a check out to both. I'll get a, an address from all you right, when, we, when we're all done. Awesome. So you. help out. But yeah, right. absolutely. And thank yeah. you for, for coming on today and, and yeah. uh, you know shooting the breeze with us and having a little fun and talking yeah. some baseball. Yeah, good seeing you again, Dem. All right, that's always great catching up with Greg, one of the most brilliant minds this game's ever seen. Um, I learned a ton from him over my career. Always great to listen to him talk baseball and talk the evolution of fellow Hall of Famer John Smoltz's hairline. Um, that was a, a lot of fun right there. So, well, that's it for this episode of the podcast. Remember to visit marqueesportsnetwork.com or download the Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster podcast presented by Sloan wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget, you can watch our show every Friday on Marquee Sports Network. Until next time, I'm Ryan Dempster, and thanks for going off the mound. See ya.